0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Got your Bibles with you? Take a look at Matthew's Gospel this evening, verse, uh, chapter 25, and we'll look down at verse number 14. We're going to continue our, our series on life lessons. We talk a little bit about that. And we had said that the Bible uh, just filled with lessons for life life teaches us lessons the bible teaches us how to handle life's lessons and most of those lessons here in the new testament are taught to us by jesus right he teaches us lessons from his life about life how to handle life how to deal with life as we go through some of the things that of course we go through and those life life lessons that he teaches technically are called parables right and we said this about a parable the parable is just a story from life that teaches a divine lesson, you know, and there's many of them, you know, and we're not going to look at all of them, but we're going to look at a few of them. And, 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 and part of the nice thing, what I like is when you study through the scriptures and really try to um, really understand it, it's neat how sometimes things are placed in helpful categories, and when you look at the, the, the parables, the many parables, they, they kind of, they, 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 they would fall, if we were to do this, they would fall under neat topics. For example, some of the parables speak to us, you know, about repentance or salvation. Uh, there are some of the parables that speak to us about accountability and, uh, and judgment. Often you'll see the kingdom of God mentioned when Jesus is teaching these life stories, these parables. Last week, we took a look at uh, the mustard seed, and we put that under the category of, remember? Faith, right? Let's talk about faith. Yeah, Jesus said, if you had just the faith the size of a mustard seed, you know, and we talked a little bit about, you know, the life lesson. What do we gain from such a life story? What life lesson can we take from that? Well, this evening, I've, I've chosen the lesson from this text. And it's an interesting story. Let's read it. Let's read it together and then, then we'll, we'll make some comment. We're looking in chapter 25, Matthew, Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, verse 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven, as is a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto the one he gave five talents to another two and to another one. To every man, according to his several ability and straightway, he took his journey. The fellow went on his trip. Then he that had received the five talents, I'm in verse 16, went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, "'Lord, thou delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more.'" Look at verse 21 at the response of, of his Lord. "'His Lord said unto him, "'Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things.'" And I want you to pick up on this last statement. He said, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I want you to enjoy this. I want you to experience this. I want you to have joy in your life. I want you to be happy. Verse number 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord, verse 23, his Lord said unto him, well done. Well done good and faithful servant thou has been faithful over a few things i'll make the ruler over many things look look at the last statement again he said enter thou into the joy of the lord right and again now he's not he's not he's not saying you know all right go to heaven no he's saying i just now just just rejoice in the lord be happy you know your life is fulfilled you know you've done things that have that have pleased me and that's you know at the core that's what faith is you know, faith is the only thing that we can do to please God. Faith pleases God, right? But Let's, let's read on. In verse 24, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not, you know, s- strawed or worked. And he said, so I was afraid, went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, thou hast uh, what I have is what you gave me. You gave me one. Here's one back. Look what the Lord said to him, verse 26. The Lord answered and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, gathered where I have not strawed? Here's what he said. He said, you should have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine, my own with usury. Look at verse 28. He said, take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. You see that? Now that's that's a great story. And you know, you can go in a lot of different directions with that that story, right? And 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 there are some, you know, when you read through the text, there's some things that just pops out. First of all, we're talking about, and this is a life story, Jesus taking a life story, right? That you know everybody will recognize, he's talking about a fella, apparently he's a business owner maybe he he's a you know an agriculturer he's got a farm whatever and he's going to take a trip and so he calls three of his lead men in and and he and he shares i want you to notice this in verse number 14 i want you to notice in verse 14 what he gives them he delivered unto them his goods take note of that his goods right and and uh, and, and so, when, when you're speaking about these parables, these life lessons, and if you put them under uh, neat little helpful categories, what he says here, kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods, that would be a lesson on stewardship. The life lesson that we gain from the talents is a lesson about stewardship. Now, don't get nervous because I want to take us in a different direction here this evening and give you something to really think about. You know, when you think about stewardship, it's real simple. The way we would define stewardship is simply carefully managing the resources of another. Right? And as we look at that, each of us as Christians, as part of God's family, you know, we are stewards. Correct? And we are to carefully manage the resources that God has given us. You know, I promise you, I like to look at my life as just being blessed and everything that I have, I've been given. You say, but you haven't worked for anything. I have, but God gave me the energy and the ability to do the work, to earn whatever it is I earned. And there are some things I didn't earn. They just came as a result of grace. You know, God just blessed me and gave me and and continues, and I'm thankful and grateful. However, I understand, I personally understand the idea, the concept, the principle that I am to faithfully manage the resources that God has given me. And I'm not going to get into all those resources and what, that, what that's talking about. But that's the, 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 the main lesson that you find here in chapter number 25, verse 14 on down. Now, when you, when you begin to, you know, look at these things, uh, what happens is they're surface lessons, right? Things you just pick up right off just by reading it. I'm sure you just know something just by reading it. For example, I would say the surface lesson would be a call to faithful stewardship, right? You probably already knew that. You read through that, this man, you know, he's given his servants some talents or money to invest, a call to faithful stewardship. I like what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Look at the screen. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. How many of us would say, Pastor, I agree, I'm a steward? How many of us were stewards? Well, the Bible says, according to this text, that you and I, as stewards, must be faithful, right? That's a surface lesson, correct? You read through that, surface lesson. Another one would be accountability and the consequence of neglect right? The man comes back from his trip. First thing he does, he's calling in for accountability, right? Bible says in Romans chapter number 14, look at the screen. As it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. Every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall what? Give an account of himself to God. Every one of us shall give. That means every one of us one day, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an answer. You know, there's going to be a reckoning. That's a surface lesson. You with me? You understand what I'm talking about? Just surface lessons. Uh, Other ones would be overcoming our fears and being willing to step out in faith. You know, so when you read through uh, these stories, the story about the talents, these are things that are just, you know, just surface lessons. Another one uh, might be understanding your God-given talent. You know, do you understand the gift, the talent that God gave you? And I firmly believe there's a difference between gifts and talents. There's spiritual gifts, and then there's God-given talents. I think you're born with them, you know, or maybe somewhere along the line, you know, God blesses you with it, you know. Uh, But we need to understand. So these are surface lessons. I think another one, uh, surface lesson, would be recognizing that God rewards faithfulness. That's a surface lesson. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Always keeping in mind, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. You know, why we're struggling, why we're just, you know, hanging in there and pushing through. Why? Because our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Surface lesson that you gain from that story. However, I think this, and I've said this several times prior in teaching through the parables, I believe a parable is kind of like an onion, Maurice. You know, it's got layers, you know? And as you peel, as you peel it back, as you peel back the layers, you just, you just find more truth. Isn't that the way it is with the Word of God? You know, you study the Word of God, you, you, can, take, you can take John 316, one of the most profound, and enjoyable, lovable, famous bible verses of all and every time you read it you get something new from it you can teach it and over and over and, and just a different layer of truth something else comes to the surface you know and so as I studied through this parable this past week and asked God to give me something fresh and I peeled back another layer of truth so to speak God gave me a couple of practical things to share with you things that'll pop up off the page as I mention them the first one is this Equality should not be expected. Equality should not be expected. Uh, Look at verse number 15. He says, "And and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Isn't that what the Bible says? Right? Now, I'm not sure if you've experienced this yet but many i've come across a lot of folks in life who have been disillusioned uh by the fact that life is not fair <laughs> right do you ever come across i think maybe maybe youth young people teenagers right how many times have you heard you know a young person say that's not fair that's just not fair so people i think come to a place or a time in life where they're disillusioned that you know what life is not fair and we're quick to respond as maybe mature something, Christians or people, that, you know, in God's economy, there's no promise of fairness, right? I, I, I wish I can give you a Bible verse that says, look, look, but look what it says here. It says, when you get saved, everything's going to turn out, you know, I do believe life balances out. I really do. I believe, you know, the, 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 there's a balance between blessings and burdens. I really believe that with all my heart. However, you know, life's not fair. And people get disillusioned uh, by that. But there's another misconception. Pay attention to this one. Another misconception that many people have, and it's it's on the principle of divine distribution. The principle of divine distribution. And, 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 And some people think this, God distributes his resources evenly. Are you with me? Huh? That's what a lot of people think you know god distributes his resources equally however if you look at verse number 15 that doesn't seem to be the case no. why he th- th- this fella now you know the guy is representing the, the lord there's a small l but talking about our lord and we're the servants and so the lord the master the owner the boss calls in three of his workers and gives them a distribution is it equal? Did they all get five? Did they all get two? Did they all get one? So equality. My thought was equality should not be expected. But many times we get disappointed or disillusioned, or we we, we just don't understand divine distribution. Are you with me? Huh? I don't think we understand that. And and so here in this text of scripture, uh, we're we're we're, we're I think, I think what God may be trying to say is this. You and I, as individuals, we are crafted by God individually. And he gives to us, just like this fellow gave to, look at the text again, in verse number, he gave to them according to their several ability and then took his journey. And so we're crafted by God, created by God as individuals, and God gives to each of us certain strengths and talents. Correct. Just the way it is. And, and in this story, uh, the Lord does not use equality as a standard. Pay attention right here. He uses grace as a standard. And that's because none of these fellows deserve to get anything to begin with. Right? And so the fellow who got one really wasn't complaining that another got five, and the person who got two wasn't complaining. And the guy who got five said, Man, why did you give me five and him one? Give let's There's no complaining. Why? It's a standard of grace that God uses, not equality. And so I think this. I think I think uh, when you look at life, did you ever, did you ever notice this? Did you ever notice how this is so unfair? Have you ever noticed how some people can sing and play an instrument at the same time? Huh? Isn't that terrible? I mean, it's a blessing to have an Aaron and Gala who could really, you know, really sing. Do you play an instrument? Good. <laughs> Got a great voice. But you get individuals who have great voices, and then they play an instrument. You know? I mean, I would think, you know, I would love, I would love to play the piano. I really would. Or, 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 or acoustical guitar like Sister Lily. I would love to play. You know, I think it would be neat. But I know me, it would take everything within me to keep myself consumed by either the piano or guitar and then to sing too? But for some reason, Donald, I don't know why God has gifted certain people with talents that they can do both, some, right? But then, then you got people like me who can walk and chew gum at the same time. And that too is a gift, right? Every once in a while blow a bubble, you know? But that's just, the way, that's just the way it is in life, where it's God's choice, and it's all by grace. Equality should not be expected. God does what He does. The lesson is this. Here's the lesson. Don't miss this. Here's the lesson. The lesson is recognize what God has given you. Recognize what talent God has given you, whether you're a five-talented person, five person or a two or three, whatever it might be. If it's just one, recognize the talent that God has given you. And I'm not going to get into all those things because of the sake of time. But I think this, I think what we need to do is appreciate what God has given to us and stop playing the comparison game. Oh, I wish I could sing. I wish I could play the piano. I wish I could teach. I wish I could. Well, look here, maybe that's not what God's blessed you or talented with you with, but you do have something. Right? Just use what you have for him. Instead of comparing yourself, use what God has given you for his glory and honor. Equality should not be expected. Here's a second thought. God expects us to do our best. (laughs) Look in verse number 19. Same chapter. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes home. And what's the first thing he does? He reckons with them. So, uh, the Lord, as he's called here in this text, right? The boss, the vineyard owner, whatever he is, comes back from his trip, right? In our case, if it's Jesus, you know he's coming back one day. He's been gone for a long journey. One day he's coming back, right? But this guy comes back, and the very first thing he does is he calls he calls those three guys, those three staff members in for a staff meeting. And he wants to figure out, all right, guys, what have you been doing while I've been away? Right? And, and of course, the, the fellows, they, they begin to give a report. You know, one fellow says, well, Lord, you gave me five talents. I put them to use. I have five more. I doubled it. You know, the other guy comes in and he says, Lord, you, you gave me, and by the way, he calls them all in and does say individually. He could have called them all at the same time. And the other guy says, you know, you gave me two. I put them to work. I have two more. I doubled it. And on both occasions, he commends those individuals, right? And says to them in in the end of the, the verse there, verse 20 and verse 21, enter into the joy of the Lord. He's pleased with them. Why? Well, because they did their best. God expects us to do our best. Don't don't let that get by you, please. Don't let that just fly by you. Why, Why do you think we have a copy of the Bible open in front of us tonight? It's God's Word. And when you select a passage and you study that passage, you must believe that God is speaking to me from that passage. Right? And when you look at a text like this and this Lord comes back, this Master comes back, He calls for a time of of reporting accounting tell me what you've been doing since I've been gone you know and they say man I, I doubled I doubled and then and, and the master the boss the owner the Lord says man good for you enter into the joy of the Lord he's pleased with them why they did their best they did their best right however there's always a however in these stories right you notice, you notice in verse number 20, uh, 24, then he which had received the one talent came and said, here's, you know what he said. He says, I was afraid, verse 25, when I, I, in other words, Lord, you gave me one, I'm giving you back what you gave me. I really didn't do anything with it. Didn't do anything with it. And the response that the Lord has for this fella contains some harsh consequences, right? After a long time, the Lord, servants come back in. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself there. L- look, at verse, look at verse number um, 25. He said, thou wicked and sloth. Wait, what he said? You are, you are one of the laziest staff members that I have working for me. You're wicked. Calls him wicked. Huh? And then he says... In that same passage, uh, look, look, look at it again. He says, uh, you knew that I take from him and give to the other. What is he saying to him? He's saying, you, you just did not take advantage of what I've given you. You, missed, you you. neglected it. Well, I certainly don't want to stand before the Lord one day and have to answer for neglecting to use what God has given me, right? I wish I could tell you that I'm really good at just making full use of I'm not. And I can tell you where I have my shortcomings. I know them, and I pray about them all the time, and I ask God to give me help and grace. I was listening to a, a, a message this afternoon, and, a, and the preacher was going through a checklist you know, and he said, check off which one hits you. And, and he, he named one, and I said, No. Nah. He named another, nah, nah, nah. I thought I was doing pretty good. Until he got to number four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, checking, and checking, and checking, and checking, thinking, well, I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot to, a lot, a lot to improve on in, in my life. Are you with me? Look here, God expects us to do our best. It's not about how much we have. It's not. It's about are we using what we have for His glory? Right? Are you using your gifts and talents for His glory? Pastoring for a long period of time, many people have come to me and have said this. Pastor, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Once in a while, I might preach a message on spiritual gifts and say, hey, you know, you can't can't use your spiritual gift if you don't know what your spiritual gift is. And folks will come up and say, "I don't know what my spiritual gift is. How do I find out what my spiritual gift is?" Well, there's there's a way to find out, because once you find out what your gift is, you can then cultivate it. Once you cultivate it, you can use it, because then one day when you give an answer for what you've did with it, right? So you get to heaven. All of a sudden, Donald says, uh, "Lord says, Donald, so why didn't you?" And you say, "Lord, I didn't know I had the gift of. I gave it to you. You you never sought it out. You you never you never prayed about it. You never." Huh? Lazy, slothful. He wouldn't say that about you. But you just happen to be sitting there. I just want you to know God expects us to do our best. Our best. And then, I got a third lesson and that is this. Success is a byproduct of work. Success is a byproduct of work. Now, pay attention to this. Let me, let me just, a couple thoughts and I'm finished. I believe work is a Work is a, a kingdom attribute. I think work is a kingdom standard. Uh, it's a big part of God's operating principle. In the very beginning, when you think about it, you know, God creates Adam and Eve, puts them in the garden. What's he called man? He's going to dress to God. It wasn't good for a man to sit around and be idle. It just wasn't good, right? So from the very beginning, God creates, you know, the operating principle of work. It's, it's work is a kingdom standard. God expects us to work. Are you with me? And the Bible teaches this. The Bible teaches that success is a result of our efforts. I know that's not what society teaches. Society teaches success is a result of scratching the right numbers off of a lottery ticket. Or being born in the right family. Or figuring out a way to manipulate the system. Right? Right? But that's not the way it works in God's economy. Not at all. No, the Bible teaches that that success is a result of our efforts. And when we use what God has given us faithfully, (laughs) He blesses our work. Right? And prove it to you. Verse 28. Take therefore the talent from Him and give it unto Him which hath ten talents. Did you see it? So this fellow here, has one didn't do anything with it. I want you to take that one from him and give it to the guy over here who really worked. Why? Because success is a byproduct of work. Right? Wouldn't it be great if we can teach our young, and this is, this is a lost art amongst our, our youth, and I don't mean, I mean youth in America, work. Work, they, they don't realize that their work ethic is terrible. Huh? Did you ever did you ever go someplace and order something and you know what it should look like? But when you get it, it looks nothing like it, what it should look like? Are you with me? And, and did you see the, the lack of I, I'm gonna use this word, but don't take it wrong, the lack of pride? You know, I mean, you go and you order, you know, I, I'm often in these <laughs> local places and, and I order something and they give it to me and it's dripping all over the place. And I want to look at the person and say, I don't want that. You know, I'm almost skeeving, picking it up. You understand that word skeeve is in Italian, don't you? I'm skeeving, picking it up. I mean, I'm grossed out. Oh, I'm not going to drink that, You know. And then you got the person who's making whatever it is you're purchasing. they got their hair hanging all over the place. It looks like they haven't had a bath in like three weeks. And I'm saying to myself, am I really going to... Now, you may not believe this of me, and I know I tell a lot of fibs, or not a lot of fibs, but I tell a lot of, a lot of things about myself. There's times I'll walk out of a situ- situation, pay for it, throw, throw it, I won't even eat it. it just, I'm, just, I'm just so disgusted by what I just saw. Don't even eat it or drink it. Did you ever do that? Yeah, and I didn't mean to use the word fib. I was thinking about Bob Fenton when I, was, when I said that. But that's, that's interesting. We, we had said this in the introduction lesson. We had, used this, we had used this Bible verse, John 9, 4. Jesus is speaking, by the way. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. Notice, the night cometh when... Right, so what does that mean? Help me out here. What was he talking about? What's he saying there? What's the conclusion of that? What's he saying? Come on. Say who what? I didn't hear what she said. What'd she say? She said, make hay while the sun shines. Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, well, basically, you know what he's saying. There's going to come a day when it's too late. You can't do anything about anything. So work now while it's day because there's coming a day gonna be too late use what you got now because there's coming a day when it's gonna be too late you know I marvel at some of the elderly people who still want to do what they used to do when they were able to do it I mean that with all my heart and and normally I've had people come to me almost almost discouraged and say and they're elderly they can't do what they used to do and and they're just discouraged pastor I want to do that and here's, here's, my, here's my, my coin phrase, my, my answer to them. It's simply this. Thank God you did it when you had the strength to do it. So there's no regrets. So you can't look back now and say, man, man, when I was younger, I should have. And now I can't. No, when I was younger, I did. Thank the Lord, I did. Because right now I can't. I remember my pastor used to talk about times when he would get sick and when he was sick, he really couldn't even pray. He just was too sick to pray. But he would say, I was so thankful I, I was prayed up. I was prayed up. I prayed before, and you know, are you with me? And so I think maybe what we need to understand here in this, this, this story is that, you know, God does bless our work and success as a byproduct of our efforts. Of our efforts. That's the lesson on stewardship. Are we doing our best with our God-given talents? And are we advancing through our God-given talents, God's kingdom, right? Stewardship, faithfulness, action. And we're encouraged here to be diligent. So do you appreciate your unique God-given gift? And are you using your God-given gift or talent? That's the question. Amen. Equality should not be expected. God expects us to do our best. Success is a byproduct of work. Life lessons. That's the lessons I got out of that text for us tonight. Hopefully they're a blessing to you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we had a chance to study it tonight. We appreciate the Lord just looking into these parables, these life lessons, these real life stories and gaining some insight. And I would pray that you'll help each of us to understand and comprehend what our spiritual gift is, what our natural given, God-given ability is, and then to use it wisely, to use it for your glory and your honor, to use it to advance your kingdom. Help us not to play the comparison game, and may we not become like that slothful servant who did nothing with what you gave him. But might we be productive, may we be successful. We pray in Jesus' name, and amen.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.